So we have been together in this season of Lent, and today I've been thinking about what do we want to give up? Have you ever felt like giving up, throwing in the towel? I know there have been a lot of times in my life when I have felt that very feeling. But Lent is a little different, isn't it? It's a time when we choose to give up things. Uh, and, And our reason for giving up things is that we want to focus closer as we walk with Christ through his last days. We want to focus on God and not self. And so that's why we give up things for Lent. And so what are you willing to give up? What have you chosen to give up this season as you try to focus in on God? I've thought too, what would God want us to give up? Would it really be chocolate? I believe the one thing that one of the things that God would want us to give up in Lent 2021 in the midst of a pandemic would be our control. One of our greatest struggles with this pandemic is the reality that we have lost control. We're not in control. But ultimately thinking we are in control is the grand illusion, isn't it? It is the greatest lie that we have swallowed. This is not just a modern problem. This is not just a problem because of a pandemic. It's been a problem with humanity right from the beginning. You can have life on your own terms, the devil said, and it will be a dream come true. You, apart from God, by yourself, should know what is best and good for you. You can take control. You can make decisions. You can call the shots. You don't have to rely on anyone else. You are in control, Adam and Eve. That's right back in the Garden of Eden. What a lie. (laughs) And then many years later, not in a garden, but in a desert, our Lord would face the same deceiver. But instead of trying to control Jesus, Jesus chooses to trust God. Matthew 4, 1 to 11, I'll read. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said if you are the son of god tell these stones to become bread jesus answered it is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god and then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple if you are the son of god he said throw yourself down for it is written he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a high mountain, a very high mountain, and showed him the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. The end of the reading today, God's word. 
We see the devil again with his lies, trying to tempt Jesus, but this time it is not the first Adam. Praise God, it is the second Adam, Jesus Christ. And he's trying to tempt him and trying to have him take control of his life instead of surrendering his will and his trust to the Father. See, ultimately the question about whether we're willing to surrender control or not is, is God trustworthy? Do we believe today that God is in control? Do we believe today that we can trust him? That's the ultimate question, isn't it? Henry Newman brought forth some interesting thoughts with regards to Jesus's temptation. He says Jesus's first temptation was to be relevant. Verse three, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus, you have a need. There's needy people all around you. Why don't you just constantly meet the needs of people? Be relevant. Aren't we all called to help people to feed the hungry? Aren't we all called to heal the sick, to alleviate the suffering of the poor? See, Jesus was faced with the same question. So prove your power, Jesus. Show us that, that, that things and people are more important in needs than your mission to face that cross to die and to rise again and to proclaim the word and to teach your disciples the truth. And, and if we're not careful, we're constantly, constantly battling with this idea that the church or us as individuals, we need to be relevant. We need to meet people in all their needs. The tyranny of the urgent, the needs are so great in our day. And hear me right, we are called to follow in Jesus's example and care for the poor and the needy. But we should never do that at the cost of taking care of people's eternal needs, spiritual needs. <clears throat> Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Oh, my friends, the attack always comes from the tempter when we feel we have very little to give or impact or making a difference, that all of a sudden now we need to become relevant to what everybody thinks we should be and all the needs that are there. And ultimately, if we're not careful, we can miss out on our true calling. We can do it. We are in control. We'll make it happen. Always a mistake. Secondly, Jesus was tempted to be spectacular. <laughs> the temptation to do our own thing, to impress people, to be popular. Verse 6, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Do something, Jesus. Put on a show. Get great applause from people. Jesus refused to be spectacular. That was one of the things that we've been looking at his disciples wanted him to do. To put on a show for others, to be some new stuntman. Uh, sometimes in the church, we want to be so popular and well-liked. We think we should be able to do all things and be all things for all people. We become competitive and try to become self-made uh, man or woman who can do it all alone, and, and, and we don't need anyone. 
Notice what Je- how Jesus answered. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. We haven't been called to put on the greatest show. We haven't been called to be spectacular. That has not been our calling, but the temptation often can be there. And then the third temptation, Jesus was tempted to be powerful. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. We want to be in control, don't we? To exercise our power over people and situations. Sometimes it can be uh, motivated by a good thing. We're trying to fix it. We're, we're trying to fix people. I've met people in ministry over the years who feel it's their call to fix it, to have power over people. But instead, if we're going to follow Christ and his example, we are called to surrender our power just as he did. And the truth is, we are always powerless. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There in verse 10. I I like the passage from Paul when he's speaking to the church in Philippi. And he's saying to us as, as Christians to follow in our Lord's example, who had all power yet chose to live the life as one powerless. Listen to Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the death, even death on the cross. Power is the great lie and illusion. It was first sold in the garden to Adam and Eve, and they fell for the lie. You can have life in your terms, the devil said, and it will come true. You can make the choices. You don't have to rely on anyone. Is God really, did God really say that? God, how do you know that God is trustworthy? And Adam and Eve were deceived. Unfortunately, mankind has often been deceived over the years. But we have a choice today. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have a choice today to fall under the old Adam and Eve but the old Adam and, and fall under him and be deceived and want to control everything. Or we can choose today to follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ and to surrender our control as he did, demonstrated his trust in the Father. To place our lives this Lent this pandemic again into God's hands, to place our will into God's will, to let go and let God. When I choose to give up control and accept the situations I can't change and trust God with the outcomes, even though my outward circumstances might not change, what changes? Me. I change the way I feel about my circumstances. When I let go and let God, I have that what we talk about so much in the faith, that inner peace 
that's unexplainable. Do you know, it's interesting. We can see that in Jesus' life. We can see it even in the temptation. That notice Jesus in the desert doesn't panic or fret. We don't see that anywhere. He simply quoted scripture back to the enemy. God's word. The word of God. He, he doesn't feel the need to exert control. He simply trusts God and spoke his word to the enemy. I was challenged with that today. Do we? Do we, do we simply trust God and speak God's promises back to the enemy when we are under temptation to take up our control again? Are we going around in panic and fret? That's not the way of our Lord and Savior. Jesus lived and taught that we must trust God instead of trying to take control. Jesus gave up the need to be relevant, spectacular, and powerful. So the question is for us today too, is God trustworthy? And Jesus would say through his spirit today to all of us, yes, he is. God is trustworthy. See, it's the devil who sows the questions. It's the devil who sows mistrust. He played on the insecurities of Adam and Eve, their need to be in control, their need to be in power of their lives. He called into question God's intentions. God hasn't told you everything. He's holding out on you, and often we can feel that way. So again, in the gospel, the devil tries to sow mistrust. Jesus, you may go hungry. Jesus, you may not have enough. Jesus, how do you know that God is trustworthy? And Jesus shows us how to trust. We respond in faith in God and in his word. By responding with scripture, Jesus was declaring God's promises are true. Instead of taking control, Jesus relinquished his control and chose to trust God's will and not his own. See, fear is something that will show up, and if we're not careful, it will make us want to take control again. That is what's so true with this pandemic, isn't it? That, that all of a sudden, this reality that we do not have control, there is this need that others aren't going to tell me what I can do. I am still in control. And fear has a way of doing that. But I want you today to fast forward back into a garden, not the garden of Eve, Eden the Garden of Gethsemane. Actually, Gethsemane means the place where olives are crushed and oil comes from that crushing. Jesus will be faced again with a choice, like we are faced daily with choices. He will, will he trust the Father or will he take back control of his life? Matthew 26 to uh, verse 39 says, Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Oh, Jesus was in his darkest hour. He was facing now his greatest trial. Oh, not the trial that he will go through shortly after this, man-made trials this is a spiritual trial that he was struggling with 
Once again, he left, though, everything into the Father's hands and trusted him completely. He was tempted, of course, to take control and to take it all back into his own hands at that point. He could have called 10,000 angels, we often say, but instead he submitted to the Father's will and trusted. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Often when I've preached this passage, I'm reminded of Mary when the angel came to uh, her and told her what God's plan was for her. And it would not be easy how she responded. And that life that she lived, she now poured out into the life of her son. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So this pandemic, another Lent, (laughs) another Lent, another Easter in a pandemic, the challenge for all of us is, do we trust God? Is God trustworthy? My friends, it will not be easy, never has been, never will. It will take a lot of patience and prayer and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Our problem often is we wanted the answer yesterday. We can be quite impatient, can't we? But part of trusting also embraces God's timetable that we've ultimately left it in his hands. And so I say it again, let go and let God. When we profess our faith as the church of Jesus Christ, it is ultimately we are professing that God is trustworthy and we are surrendering our control of our lives into the God who created us and knows us. And in that profession of faith, we join Jesus in the wilderness and we renounce the evil forces of this world that keep coming against us, wanting us to be relevant, wanting us to be spectacular, wanting us to be powerful. And we also join Jesus in the garden and we surrender our control as we place our lives and trust in the hands of our trustworthy Father. And it is our place again to say with him, yet not as I will, but as you will, Father. I like what Frederick Buchner wrote, and I'll end with this. Let go of the dark, which you wrap yourself in like a straitjacket, and let in the light. Stop trying to protect, to rescue, to judge, to manage the lives around you, your children's lives, the lives of your husband, your wife, your friends, because that is just what you are powerless to do. Remember that lives of other people are not your business. They are their business. They are God's business because they all have God. Even your own life is not your business. It is also God's business. Leave it to God. It is an astonishing thought. It can become a life-transforming thought, end quote. So I end with the question I started with. What have you given up this Lent 2021? And as I ask that question, I make you think for a moment, I pray that your answer will be, Lord, I give up my control. I pray that'll be my answer. I pray that you will pray with me as Christ prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
yet not as I will, but as you will. Amen. May the Lord help us to do so. God bless you today.